0: Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engsted, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, writer at Mavs.com, and just overall fan of LeBron James. What you got for me, Isaac Harris?
1: Stop saying fan and LeBron in the same category. <laughs> so I I was in Kentucky for the whole weekend, and drove back yesterday.
0: Talked to Coach Cal.
1: Did did not. I wonder um, how many
0: days in the off season Coach Cal spends in Kentucky. Probably zero.
1: Um, one and a half. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we took some friends with us from Texas to introduce Kentucky to them. So it's pretty cool. But we went to like took them to like Louisville Slugger and like yeah. went to a went to a distillery because Kentucky bourbon and The Louisville Slugger own.
0: is the uh, the company that makes those bats, the baseball bats, and they have this whole museum and they have the factory down there and everything.
1: Super super cool. Um, dipped our own Kentucky's known for their bourbon mm-hmm. cuz we have all these distilleries, so we went and visited one of those and like dipped our own bottle of bourbon in this like big red wax and Isn't it, like the yeah. only
0: place that bourbon is made?
1: I'm not for sure, you know. We just have a ton of them. I feel like and at least I, where it I don't drink, but we brought back a bottle of bourbon, so it's just gonna like sit in our kitchen. So if <laughs> wants bourbon, come on by. Um, don't come on by. But what else? Oh, so yesterday we were driving back, and it was Game Seven, obviously. And Which one? The guy, <laughs> the guy with me, my like best friend here in Dallas. He is from Houston and diehard Rockets fan. He went to Game One. Uh, what's wrong of with the him? Se- Series against Golden State when Golden State just smacked him in Houston, so it was tough because I'm sitting here like you know I care for him whatever, but I'm 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 cheering for the Warriors because I think they have the clear overwhelming best chance of beating LeBron in the finals. And yeah. Uh, so yeah, so they won, and I was like trying to I was like happy, but trying to support him too because he was obviously heartbroken. And it was was tough for him. But, you know, I'm a huge Jordan guy. I tweeted, and I mentioned it on here before, how big of a Michael Jordan fan I am and how I'm just not your average Jordan fan. But I tweeted out a video of one of the containers, one of them, back home in Kentucky, of all my Jordan tapes, of all these Jordan games on, uh, on VHS. So you can check that out. It's pretty crazy. It's just tape after tape after tape. And one person wrote me and says, but do you have the express written like permission <laughs> of the NBA to tape those? Express written consent of the NBA. I'm like, oh, that was just what you did back in the 90s. You just taped everything off TV." Yeah, it was the uh, the
0: old school DVR.
1: Yeah. But anyway, it was a good trip back home. Kind of took a break from math stuff, draft. I was getting kind of really nerded out in draft stuff last week. I know it was getting bad whenever I was staying up until like 1.30 in the morning on Synergy watching pick and roll handoffs to the right and seeing how many percentages they would like score. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I need a much needed. Yeah. Handoff. Like,
0: <laughs> Is this useful to my life and to my career? And <laughs> maybe a little. All right, today we are going to be getting to our draft profile of Luka Doncic. There has been a lot of stories and a lot of things going on uh, floating around about Luka, and so this is going to be an interesting conversation. But as always, we are going to talk about uh, his strengths, weaknesses, his availability, like if he'll be there for the Mavericks to draft. We'll talk about his ceiling, his floor, as far as what level of a player he could be. We'll give an NBA comparison for him, a future role on a, on the Mavericks, like what kind of role would he be playing uh, his roster impact, so like if the Mavs would have to move stuff around, shuffle things, what they would have to do. Uh, second round pick pairing for him, and then uh, why the Mavs should take him and why the Mavs shouldn't take him, Isaac. Hmm. All right. Let's get to our conversation about Luka Doncic, but let's take a quick break. All right. Strengths for Luka Doncic, there are a lot of them, in my opinion. Uh, number one, I what do you think? I think Luka's greatest strength is probably his vision.
1: That was the first thing I have written down. Yeah,
0: yeah. I I just feel like that part of his game is just the the biggest strength for him. Just being able to see the floor, uh, these like these sort of these passes that are like one step ahead of even like his own team. <laughs> you know, where that he like passes to one guy, he gets the hockey assist a lot. Uh, or he just gets the straight up assist from guys just kind of passing guys open. I just I think that that's just a huge thing for him. Just floor vision, being being aware like in transition and things like that.
1: And having that at such a young age and it reminds me of a lot over the past like 5 6 years of watching Lonzo and Ben Simmons coming out of like LSU and even like back in the high school stuff like there is a when you have that vision and that IQ at such a young age you see like you just see everything like at a whole different level and that puts that automatically puts your floor a little bit higher than some guys yeah. because that that stuff just is not natural for everyone and he has that he has that Ben Simmons Lonzo type of vision passing that immediately makes them hey they will have a decent career in the league
0: yeah. Uh other things for him. I feel like shooting is still a strength for him even though a lot of people are pointing to his three point percentage and saying, "Well, he only shot like 30, 31% from three is last year, but I still feel like he could be a, a you know, a knockdown shooter. I just I think that maybe we'll say his shooting mechanics would be a strength here.
1: Uh I, I would say consistency and I'm not that worried with the shooting because yeah. his shot looks fine. Like it's not Lonzo, you know, yeah, it's not a, it's not some jacked up shot. His shot looks great, but I just think over time it just got, you know, when you play as long as he did, I think it was like eighteen months straight of some type of professional ball and tournaments and the league, his you know, Euro League and different stuff like that. And you're young, and your role is changing, and they're asking more of you. Like I, I don't know, you can. I think over time you start losing some of those mechanics. You start losing the fine touches of it to where it's his shot's so well formed that if he gets into league with just in our systems and different stuff like that. that I think he'll. I think that will be fine. It's that's not a. He's not a black hole. He's not a, no. a, Ro- a Roberson to where people are just going to leave him open. That ain't going to happen. No. And a lot of his. A lot of his like shooting stuff. Is like kind of off the dribble too. A lot of yeah. that is some just hey, go create something or come off a screen, and it's like off balance. So a lot of it's consistency and like decision making on when to shoot it too.
0: Last second shots too, like those end of the shot clock. Yeah, like let me just toss this up because nothing else is happening right now. <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah, and he's he's relied on a lot, like Isaac said. Uh, another strength I think for him is his production. Man, like he he has been in. Year league, and he's been playing at a high level since he was like fifteen. He played uh, in like a finals game when he was fifteen. They just threw him out there, and they're like, "Go, go and play." He's he's been like we said for Marvin Bagley. He's been at the at the highest level overseas every single year since he was really young. Um, and production he per game last year per thirty six minutes, which I think is a, a pretty fair. I don't I hate the per per forty stuff because nobody plays forty minutes anymore. But yeah. like thirty six is, I think, is is pretty fair. Uh, per thirty six, he's averaging twenty points per game, seven and a half rebounds, six and a half assists, uh, one and a half steals, and only uh three turnovers, which I think is, is pretty good, man. That assist to turnover ratio is, is pretty good. Um, just just production. Like he is just he's done it on every single level. He was that Euroleague MVP this year. Which is, I mean, he's been the rising star the last two years, and now the straight up MVP.
1: <laughs> Just won the championship yeah. in EuroLeague Final Four last weekend. I guess last week, yeah. And I mean, played exceptionally well. Won the MVP of that. Like you, as far as accolades, there's not a European prospect that has anything like what he he has accumulated over these his short career over in Europe. So. That's what makes him, you know, probably the most intriguing European prospect of all time, and that's why some people that follow these things are like, man, he could he could be the greatest European ever, and you know, obviously we have Dirk and all, you know, a long list of players that you're like, oh man, that's a little stretch, but they're just going off of what he's done already at before he's turned 19, basically.
0: Do you remember when our Andrea Bargnani was going to be drafted?
1: I, I remember it. I don't remember, like, anything of him overseas or anything. I just remember everybody. I mean,
0: the intrigue was, with that is is fairly comparable, I think. I think there's more intrigue with Doncic because now we know more. We can see more. Like, we have actual stats on him. We have all this stuff. Uh, but when when Bargnani was drafted in 2006, he was, like, I mean, he was so he's a little bigger than Dirk, and so he was, like, looked at as, like, a a real stretch five, you know, where there just hadn't really been one like that. very, Like to the level that he was where he could actually, he could step out from three and shoot it pretty much almost as well as Dirk coming in. And, but he was bigger. Uh, he could defend a little bit better. And so people, there was just so much intrigue about him. And that's why he went number one. I mean, he was pretty overwhelmingly number one, which is kind of weird. It's weird looking back now because <laughs> you look and you're like, uh, Maybe they should have taken like Brandon Roy, Lamarcus Aldridge, you know, somebody like that. But
1: look at Bargnani's career.
0: Yeah, that was also not the greatest draft. I mean, Adam Morrison went third. <laughs> oh god! Actually, sorry, NBA champion Adam Morrison. Sorry, I, I love Adam Morrison. I loved Adam Morrison too. I used to do in the driveway that Adam Morrison shot where he's he's driving on the right side. And it's like this baby hook, but it banks off the glass. Like like if you, you like almost run past the basket, and so you like yeah. put it above your head and you hook it, and it and it banks off the backboard. Like that's such an unstoppable shot. And then he you hit. missed it, and you cried. I actually made it a lot. It was easier than I thought it was going to be. He had Adam Morrison had something there.
1: You lost respect for Morrison because it was so easy. Was like, Dang, this
0: is so easy. Why isn't everybody doing this? He just tried something. <laughs> that draft was a mess, though. <laughs> so Bargnani, Aldrich, Morrison. Tyrus Thomas, Sheldon Williams, Brandon Roy, Randy Foy, Rudy Gay, Patrick O'Brien, Muhammad Seen that I've never even heard of, and then J.J. Redick. <laughs> that was the top 11. Wow. That was such a weird draft. Sheldon Williams. So hopefully this draft doesn't end up being that draft because there's some there's some comparable names in there. Like Adam Morrison mm-hmm. could be like Michael Porter Jr. Marcus, oh Aldridge, Marcus
1: Aldridge could be uh, – You heard it here first. Nick Michael. Like- <laughs> I mean – they not- might be better than the athletic Keith Van Horn.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Adam Morrison was really dang good in college, though. I mean, him and JJ Reddick were, like, lighting it up all the time. All right, another strength for me, I think. People talk about how his athleticism is a weakness, but I think his changing speeds, I feel like, is a strength for, for Luka. Like, I think just that idea of starting and then just, like, like stopping and starting really quick are is just a thing that James Harden has perfected so much that he just can get by anybody. Like you saw in the game last night where he's just – he stops. He's he's almost like at a standstill, and then he just – that quick first step, and he can just get by somebody or not even get by them, but just like make them turn just enough so that they're stuck on his hip. And then James Harden has just learned how to create – make that a foul. Like he holds them on his hip, and he doesn't – he doesn't yeah. – James Harden could, could blast the basket maybe a little faster, but he doesn't because he just keeps that guy on his hip. And allows them to like foul him as he gets to the basket, and he tries to finish, but most of the time he's just looking for that foul.
1: Yeah, his his ability, his pick and roll, like his ability to run the pick and roll as a primary ball handler. It's just yeah, I mean it's just insane talking about Luca, at, at his age, yeah, Luca and what he just his patience, his like once he gets into the paint, just like Nick just said with with Harden, he, he can he already has that get the guy on your hip, you know, draw the foul, different types of stuff like that. And, yeah, I mean, when you Harden, like you wouldn't say in a straight, like, race, like you're probably not going to pick Harden to beat a ton of players. Like, I mean, I would pick P.J. Tucker and some of these guys on the Houston Rockets that would outrun Harden. But it's like there was a story with Drogic, I think it was Mike Schmitz at ESPN, and they were talking to Dragic about Luca, and Dragic just, you know, said it just plain clearly. He's like, he's not fast. Luca's not fast, but yeah. he's super quick. He's like, and he's like, he, he didn't use deceptively, but <laughs> he, <laughs> he's deceptively athletic. He tricks, he tricks people because you know, a lot of these defenders know he's not like super blinding fast, but he's a lot quicker than what people think too. So when he gets the ball. He he is pretty quick sometimes, especially man. He's a great cutter. I know yeah. this is like really random, but he's really great at cutting already. And so yeah, that his ability around the pick and roll and just getting to the paint and what he can do in the paint already at his age is it's insane.
0: Yeah, the moving without the ball I think could also be a big uh, strength for him as well. Like he's definitely willing, and he has that vision that he can he can see that and. I think we'll talk about this for sure, but playing with another ball hand, playing with a lead ball handler, I think could be a strength. Like he played with Goran Dragic so well.
1: Play with Dragic, play with Sergio Lowell that, you know, yeah, Lowell yeah. was, Lowell was a Rockets guy that, I mean, I feel like we talked about for multiple years. It's like, you know, he was a rocket stash that was, he ever going to come over and, you know, he, he would be so good. And he was like one of the best players over there. And then he tore his ACL and, this past year, and that's when Luca kind of took over this point guard type of role, and that was my biggest worry. I mean, if you've been listening to this podcast for the longest time, I mean, back six months ago, my whole thing with Luca having him like two or three is, man, I just don't know if he could play off the ball with with Dennis. I don't know all this different stuff. If he could, you know, he needs the ball all the time, and. For me, over this past over this past month or so, I've really just looked into that a lot more and read different things of these guys that I actually really do trust with draft stuff and what Luca needs to excel to the next level and watching more tape of him at Real Madrid and stuff and to where I've I've came around on that idea and that playing with that second ball handler is would be something great for him and really in today's NBA because that's the type of system that. Really, I mean, you see with like warriors and stuff that's what I, you know I think it was Steph just the other day he was like, man this is just this is our system. this is what we do. We run different people on different screens and you know they have some isolation problems right now I think but yeah, but anyway there there was one real quick thing I meant to mention with pick and rolls something that Luca is brilliant at that Ben Simmons, if he could steal this. This would be the number one thing Ben Simmons could steal is Luca's mid-range floater game. Luca's touch off pick and rolls, and when he can get into the paint, like this is so. Looking at synergy and stuff, you look at all this offensive numbers and stuff. The floater is is in this excellent category, and I watched a lot of his 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 possessions where he gets into the paint and stuff. That that is another thing, kind of like vision that you just can't. You can't stress enough for a ball handler, especially at his size at six eight, that he he already has. Like this is the area that Ben Simmons, he has to get this mid range shot. If he's not ever going to shoot three pointers or even like a set shot from the mid range, the floater game in the paint right there, that's and Luca already just I mean, excels at it. He gets in there, shoots pushes off one hand, just everything with that and that shot will be there all day. We see. I mean, that's just you can't stress that an offensive, the offensive player that Luca could be in the league is quite scary.
0: If you remember, I think it was in February or March. If you've listened to this podcast since then, uh, Dennis Smith Jr. started to try and do this this floater game, and it was hard for him to like to start. S- still hard for him to, to implement <laughs> into the into the game. Yeah, and even by the end of the season, he still was airballing shots and, and missing shots like this is a hard thing to learn uh and then luca already has this he's like, just it's already yeah. i don't know if you want to say mastered it but <laughs> at the level of player that he's at he's he's so good at it uh and so yeah that it's a it's a great um part of his game that could really really be used especially with that size too i mean you can just get over players he's going to be guarded by guards because you know these big guys are not going to be as good enough like sticking with him and staying in front of him and yeah yeah all right let's move on to weaknesses uh athleticism is the biggest thing that everybody says they say oh he's not he's not really athletic all this stuff why do people say that and do you think that that is a real weakness it is
1: definitely a real weakness um hit this is a lot of it's a huge weakness for a couple reasons because, one, he does struggle at it. He plays flat-footed defense a lot. Um, he just the when – when you look at the – so, okay. So, in Synergy, it has the ratings, okay. And just to try to give a perspective of people looking or to where it comes with this. They rate – in Synergy, they rate a bunch of these categories d- defensively, spot-up, up bu- Ball pick and roll ball handler off screen post up handoff isolation pick and roll roll man. They give them a rating based off the percentage of people in the EuroLeague, so it's a it's ranked against the rest of the league's players based on percentile scale. Okay? So it's
0: a, it's a good context.
1: It is, and so and it gives a rating like I mean from the very bottom like poor below average average but all the way up to excellent. Okay, so Luca. This is spot-up, spot-up, below-average. Pick-and-roll ball handler, below-average. Off-screen, below-average. Post-up, below-average. And the percentages on those, 17%, 22%, 20%, 22%. So not only is he, like, below-average defender in the League over there in these categories, he's in the bottom quarter percent average of those. And... It is a problem because you look at that and one of the biggest things that you say, like, in the League, you say, man, these are grown men. They know how to play and all that stuff, which is very true and is it's great. But one of, the, I mean, if one of, if not the biggest difference between the EuroLeague and NBA is how fast and how much more athletic the NBA is. That's where it becomes a problem. and. It comes down to how you're going to use Luca. We saw Duke, we saw Dirk the other day on 105.3 The Fan when he was praising you know, Luca over and over again, but he came out of his way to say he's not going to play the one. He's gonna he might struggle with that. Fran Fraschilla, who's somebody that I respect more than anybody in the international scouting thing, he's like Aiden's going one all this stuff. He said I have serious serious skepticism on how Luca will fare in the NBA athletically. And it's more than something that annoys me is when people say, oh, they'll post a video on Twitter and it's like Luca going the lane and dunking and say he, somebody says he's not athletic. <laughs> that's a little different. Like that's cool that he can run the lane dunk, but it's just it's kind of like like you don't. I don't want to go back to him because people use this a lot and we'll talk about. It, but it's kind of like James Harden. Okay, like people saw you, you see his defensive stuff and what? How is he? Is that something that's held against Harden all the time? And we've seen he, I mean, he gets constantly roasted on that you know, so much with that. So, yeah, I mean, it's a problem.
0: That being said, he's going to be the MVP of the National Basketball Association this year. Exactly.
1: And, that, and that's what we're going to talk about in a little bit. Does it all the way matter? Like that's how much weight does it hold, especially in the league today, this offensively heavy league of where we're at now? and that's what we can debate some a little bit but if we're talking about weaknesses i mean lucas not going to guard ones you're going to mm-hmm. have to let's just say this wherever he goes and if they don't have a valencunas a, a you know nb or i mean i'm just saying, trying to think of a big center he's going to be the guy brought up in a pick and roll and to switch off on a curry or something like, like yeah, that. like everything that the
0: word that the Rockets try to do with switching and getting Steph in front of Harden, yes. like we saw Steph guard Harden what like sixty times in a game, just over and yes. over and over again. They're switching and trying to to get Steph on him, trying to get Looney on. You know that's gonna be Luca. That's just gonna happen over and over again. Now, I think you can teach a guy to just be in the right spot and to use his feet correctly to have somebody be ready to help off of him, uh, off of their guy, and, and get. The uh the the guy that switched onto him, I th- I think that that can be be taught. I mean, look at some of the guys that were defending from the Rock- I even mean, the Rockets were like an incredible defense the other day. Uh, yeah. if they would have made a third of their threes, they would have just blown out the Warriors. They were just playing so well. But like Eric Gordon was playing good defense. You know, James Harden was playing good defense. These guys that we just we don't really think of as good defensive players, <laughs> like even solid defensive players. Eric Gordon was fine. You know, back. When he was playing for the Clippers, but like those guys have been. They can you can be a good defender if you really try hard and if you really put the effort in. And we're and still you, out on whether Luca's gonna do that or not.
1: And what makes Harden acceptable is the players around him, and so, that's what you're gonna have to do with Luca. Yeah, you you're gonna have to get him an Ariza, a PJ Tucker, a Capella, you know, like those type of guys yeah. to where. You let him be hardened. You know, you let Harden be harden by surrounding the other guys, you know, surrounding him with switchy defensive wings that can take that pressure off. And that's where you're saying with it's is it a weakness? Yes. Is it a weakness that will tank him? I'm not for sure. It depends solely on how that team he lands on builds around him. So that's what that's where it's gonna come into play with. And we hope that that team is going to be
0: the Mavericks. uh, But let's talk about his availability, where he's going to be. There's been some reports recently, some ESPN reports from guys that we trust, uh, saying that he could be around. So we'll talk about that in just one second. All right, Isaac. The availability for Luka Doncic is is interesting there are some conflicting reports uh, i wrote i actually wrote a story about this for mavs moneyball um how deandre ayton Doncic, or marvin bagley could end up on the mavericks uh and the Doncic scenario is interesting because uh mike cavoni came out jo- jonathan cavoni i just i just mashed the two names up. <laughs> uh, jonathan cavoni came out with a report that said the kings or hawks would Probably pass on the European prodigy in favor of American frontcourt players, and he also had a report that Sacramento, Atlanta, and Memphis all declined to send a person to the U.S. to watch the EuroLeague Final Four. Uh, to watch the, I think it was to watch the finals, uh, because apparently Sacramento, like Vadi Divac, did send, did go and watch the uh, semifinal. Um,
1: but her, vo- her body was supposed to go, but he never went. He had something else coming. He was up, on va-
0: he was on vacation in Serbia when it happened. Huh. He's posted his wife or somebody posted on Instagram. Be sure your social media will find you out,
1: guys. Yes, we will. So I don't I don't put too much weight in whatever that,
0: you, whatever you think though. about those two reports. It's at least something. They're at least. I don't know that that's a report saying it's, it's obviously smokescreen season right now. Like all this stuff could be coming out and all of a sudden like Atlanta picks him, you know, you know, like it yeah. could be all that. Phoenix. But if we take those as true, then Luca could potentially be available for the Mavericks. Cause you look at Phoenix, they could take Aiton. I mean, that a lot of people are even saying that they'll take Aiton, you know, with, with all this stuff saying that even though they, you know, signed and <laughs> they hired Lucas, former coach, who's, son's first name is Luca like even though all that stuff they could still take Aiden and then Sacramento Atlanta and Memphis could be all over the board I mean there's just all different kinds of reports they could take all different kinds of players Uh, Memphis it'd be it'd be incredible I think if Memphis passed on him that would just be an all-time dumb draft move (laughs) for them to to not take him uh but it could happen
1: uh I don't see Luca being there at five at all. I think if Dallas wants Luca, you gotta move up to Atlanta or Sacramento. Yep. I I don't I don't see any scenario in which Memphis passes on Luca. And you're talking about a franchise that is pretty well versed internationally. They had the Gasol brothers. They traded Powell. You know, they had Powell before Mark. They traded Powell for his younger brother who grew up in Memphis and just you know they believed in him. They picked him over Fisdale. You know they they love Mark Gasol. They you know they have they have some other guys that they had brought in over the past you know five to six years. Like I I just don't. I he would fit their team perfectly alongside Mike Conley and Gasol. I see no scenario in which he passes four. I just there's there would no way. So it just comes down to Sacramento and Atlanta and if somebody's willing to move up for him, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. Uh, to move up, though, you're only moving up one or two spots, though, if that's the case. And that wouldn't be too difficult. It would take some assets for sure, but it's possible with what the is. Yeah, I mean,
1: have. I think the number one thing that, you know, I threw one out there about how Dallas could maybe move up to three or something like that is I think the number one thing is just that pick next year. You know, yeah. if – it centers around that 2019 pick if if dallas is saying hey we'll give you our 2019 unprotected to move up two spots three spots whatever it is would a team be willing to do that would a team like sacramento who is rebuilding like dallas say hey we'll move back to five and gain a pick next year in which we don't have a pick in the draft because it's going to go to boston so you know, I think something centered around that to Sacramento would make a ton of sense. Dallas moves up and gets their Luka, and there you go. But, you know, I know there's a lot of Luka haters out there that are cringing at that of saying, oh my gosh, we would give up next year. So you're basically spending <laughs> two first on Luka. Yeah. And you have to believe in him a lot for that. And you might even have to take back some money that might eat into some cap and or switch out. A lot of people are throwing out the whole like, you know, switching with five and four with Memphis, moving up one spot and switching out like Wes and Parsons or Barnes and Parsons, which is absurd to me. Uh, that's not yeah, worth the, it.
0: the Barnes and Parsons one is ridiculous.
1: I think that's the West and
0: Parsons one is not as crazy.
1: Um. Yeah. Um. Yeah. There's. Yeah. You could work with that. You still would keep your cap basically for this summer and um. Kinda. But yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of scenarios. I I I don't think this top ten is like set in stone. I think it'll definitely be moved around somewhere and how this this Luca stuff shakes out is going to be insane. And how the the other players will affect Luca, how Michael Porter Jr handles these next 3 weeks with workouts and lot. medicals and stuff. Man, I mean if he clears out all the way and stuff, I mean he could be right there at 2 and 3. And Yeah,
0: that's a, in my in my scenario where uh the Mavs end up with Luca. Uh, I take a lot of stock, obviously, in those reports that those teams don't really want him in the middle. And then Memphis is sitting there, like, okay, well, <laughs> we could take Luca, or we could take Michael Porter Jr., who's the wing that we've always wanted. You know, he just embodies like yeah. this player that they've always like the go-to scorer, the guy that they can just give the ball to. This long, you know, guy that they can play at the four sometimes, uh, and he is like. Remember when Rudy Gay was super good for them? He was averaging like twenty a game. He could be he could be that for them again, but like, better yeah. if he clears yeah. and all that stuff. So that that to me could be the intrigue that um, that they could fall for, but we'll see.
1: Yeah, I just if you're Dallas, you can't risk that. If no. you if you're locked in on Luca, yeah. I, it would be that if Luca lasts till five, that would be one of the wow look back moments of the past like decade that i think luca would really make them um
0: do you remember when uh when cousins started falling didn't cousins fall to like six or seven i remember that being pretty pretty like amazing like pretty like oh wait hold on
1: (laughs) this guy i can't remember where
0: cousins went this guy's gonna fall all the way to here let me see if i can i'm pretty sure he went six no he went five um it was that was the John Wall draft. Evan Turner went two. Then Derek Favors and Wesley Johnson were taken, and people were like, "What the heck? How are you not taking Cousins?" Uh, yeah. And then all of a sudden, Cousins went five. Now he had some different concerns, but concerns that were still, if you look at them, like, eh, you know. I mean, it was it was like about his attitude and about all that stuff.
1: Um Was there still there today?
0: Uh, yeah, this is true. We we had a whole conversation talking about him, but. You look back and, I mean, Derek Favors and Wesley Johnson. Wesley Johnson, for sure, you're like, wait. Ooh, that's right. Like, uh, I think Minnesota would much rather had to figure out how to play DeMarcus Cousins and Kevin Love together.
1: <laughs> yeah, and some people, I know a guy tweeted at us uh, this morning, early this morning, said, you know, what do you think about this line? I think Sam Bassini said it. There was that Gavoni piece on ESPN the other day it was talking about his love for, like, junk food. and So, guys, I'm just going to tell you right now <laughs> what he does off the court. If it was that big of a deal, we would have already heard about it a year ago, okay? If it was some crazy – like if it was just detrimental to – Like
0: remember that story that came out about Lamar Odom and Candy? You Remember that like a long time ago? Yeah. Like if there's something like that, then yeah. Like if he has like – I think Lamar Odom had like a Skittles machine in his house.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And when you're talking about millions and millions of dollars that could be on the line, I think some things might change a little bit.
0: Yeah, yeah, and he's, what, 19? I mean, it's fine. Yeah, it's
1: fine. 19.
0: Okay, the ceiling and floor for Luka Doncic is interesting. I mean, the, the floor, the ceiling to me is not as interesting as the floor. The floor to me is, is how, I guess not how bad he could be. <laughs> and it would be it'd be hard for me to see him be bad in the NBA. Just he has all the the, the tools and things that you want in a good NBA player. Um I don't know. I feel like his floor could be like Sean Livingston, you know, just like, I don't know. He's a, he's a backup, but he's an overqualified backup. Uh, comes in and like, oh, it's guaranteed. Like he can get you a shot.
1: Yeah. I would, um, I put his floor as a, like a six man Joe Johnson as yeah, playmate, a playmaking six man that you bring in. And he but he's a better a passer second. than
0: him. That's the thing too, is you think about that. Like that's going to translate.
1: He's a better passer for sure. Um I wouldn't say he's like a defender like Livingston or is like Linky to But yeah, just a guy that you would bring in as a, as the sixth man and that can get you buckets, can run the second unit that does his thing and then, you know, whatever. That which is I mean still has a place in the league today, but like a sixth man he do Yeah,
0: I think he do is a better Comparison, but we'll talk about that. The ceiling for him, I think he could win an MVP. I mean, I think he could he could do like what Harden has been doing and get, um, and get there. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, Harden. I feel like I always kind of put these two put these together some, but yeah. I mean, ceiling multiple time All Star. He he would have to get a little bit. I mean, obviously he's nineteen, so he's not Harden, but you know, Harden. If you we're putting that up there. This super offensive, savvy dude that is, and I don't even know what to put. His ceiling is really hard for yeah. me. It's one of the hardest of projecting ceilings and floors of any of these guys in the top 10. And it's just, you just don't know how high he can be. Like, can he be an MVP? There's a realm, I guess I could see it. Could he be a multiple time All Star? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Like, he's going to be good. That's, like, that's just the only thing that I can. Yeah, multiple time all star. I'll leave it at that. And could he be an MVP one day? Sure.
0: Yeah, if the if the cards fall the right way, he's on a really good team, and you know, he has he, that supporting cast, like you said, the defensive. Exactly
1: that. He's not an Anthony Davis to where no matter what team Anthony Davis yeah, is on, he would win an MVP. Like I could see him winning an MVP. That you come in, you're like, up. Oh, he's not LeBron. He's not something like that. But could a scenario form itself around him to where he could be an MVP? Yes.
0: I feel like he's in that same way as Steph. Like Steph could, if he's on a team like by himself, I mean, Steph's going to be super exposed. (laughs) We're going to see that wherever like Trey young goes, you're just going to see that guy get, you know, completely exposed. Um, but if you're, if he has the right team around him, it could, it could to maximize his capabilities. It could be, could be pretty special.
1: Yeah. All
0: right. NBA comparisons. Um, we've thrown the Harden one out a lot. You just threw the Turkaloo one out, which is, uh, an interesting one. Uh, to me, he's like Magic Johnson. Like Magic Johnson, never really he wasn't he never really got his jumper because he came into the league like right when the three point line came around, and so that wasn't really anything that he added. But you saw if you've watched any of these like uh, the Dream Team documentaries, and you've heard about that practice or that game that was uh that there was no cameras for, but they played you know against each other as like the ultimate all star team that like Magic Johnson was like drilling threes just you know going back and forth with michael jordan uh that vision that passing and then the size too i mean magic johnson's obviously a little bit bigger uh probably definitely more athletic than than luca but just that idea of a player
1: yeah that's like obviously
0: i mean we talk about nba comparisons in the style of play not like the level of play like yeah i'm I'm not thinking luca's gonna be top five nba
1: player ever but (laughs) The only thing I would say to that is he couldn't play like Magic does today because he couldn't play point. No, yeah, and because Magic couldn't survive in today's game, so like
0: at a, at the one he could play any, anywhere else.
1: <laughs> but could he?
0: He couldn't spread the floor though. He would. He came into the league right when the three point line was added, like mm. that. Like you forget that was just like he had a broke shot though.
1: I like going at Nick. But don't, you, like,
0: don't, you start, <laughs> don't
1: you start with Magic Johnson. In my hot Magic tape. A Take while that back. back right now. Um, but, no, I, yeah, for sure. I mean, Harden We throw that out there. Joe Johnson, um, Hito Turkoglu. You know, I what, threw one out. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I threw one out a while back. Uh, Evan Turner's a better defender than him. Yeah. But just how Evan Turner played at Ohio State and coming in as this like six seven, six eight wing that the offenses ran through him a lot, had kind of an inconsistent jump shot, like as far as from three, but could get to the basket that knew how to do his thing and but no, I mean I think Harden is the if there's two players, Harden is the top Luca like Harden is the if Luca hit, hits every check mark and Joe Johnson is Joe Johnson, Hedo Turk his like four.
0: And another thing about Harden as a comparison, people are, they're getting all up in arms about Luca's three point percentage, but Harden only shot like 34, 35%. It's not like he's lighting it up. He's not shooting like 40, 42% from three. I mean, because of the shots that he's taking. So I think in that comparison, yes, like it's fair because everyone's saying, Oh, like, Harden's such a better shooter than Westbrook. That's why he's, you know, such a better player. Well, he's not. His percentage is not that great, but you can see it, and it translates, and you know that he's gonna, you know, he's gonna make them. Obviously, yeah, he didn't make like twenty in a row during, during the Western sure. Conference Finals, but you cool. know, it's there for sure. Future role on the Mavericks. This is interesting. He 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 comes in and he's a better prospect than Dennis, right? Yes. So he comes in and he's like the focal point, but Dennis would still be the lead ball handler. Like Luca would play a little more off the ball. Luca would obviously have some plays drawn up for him for sure. And he would, he would create some too. Dennis would more have to figure out how to play off the ball. And we've already addressed that.
1: Yeah, Luca. I mean, we're not. Luca wouldn't come in and like the whole offense would run through him. I don't think that at all. But no. I think Luca would step into that. Everything that we saw at the end of last season when they were running Dennis and JJ together, mm-hmm. we we joke about the 6'8 JJ Barrett comp <laughs> for Luca. Yeah, and that would be his like role. And still, so, like he would be that secondary ball handler, especially in Carlisle's offense. Like he would fit directly right into the offense the carl likes the multiple ball handlers he likes this free-flowing offense back and forth and move in and screens and different stuff like that like he would fit that for sure and he, what what it gets down to and we can bleed over into the next category the roster impact is <clears throat> does west matthews get you know get moved pretty quick if luca comes on board and if not you know, what they would have to make a decision. Do, do they, they love Harrison Barnes at the three. So let's just leave that. Like Barnes will be at the three. Harrison wants to play at the three. They want Barnes at the three. They feel like he is, that is the best position for him. So immediately you ask yourself, do you move West and throw Luca at the two? Or do you leave West in there and put Luca at this four spot? But yeah. then you would have, but then you would be asking Barnes to pull to play defense against fours. And then it, I just think it gets tricky. So in my opinion, I think if they get Luca on draft night, I think Wes is traded fairly quick.
0: Which stinks because he, it would be a really good pairing with him and Wes.
1: <laughs> but yeah, you know, somebody, has got to go. I'll throw out there a, a, something that a lot of people that I haven't heard anyone mention this at all or talk about is if if they get Luca, how it affects Harrison Barnes' next contract. And because I think in a perfect world Luca should be a three, and if they want Barnes at the three, how does it affect Barnes's contract after this year? You know, if Barnes. You know, this people ain't really talking about Barnes's like upcoming free agency too much, but he's already been here for a couple of years. Yeah, he's gonna
0: be a, he's gonna have a player option for not next season, but the season after that. So at the end of the, yeah, at the end of this imagine, next season, he could be a free agent.
1: Yeah, and I mean, you imagine he picks that up, and yeah. you know, he rolls with that for sure. But how would it, you know, how will it affect? You know, we go throughout this year, and then next year is, you know, talking about the 2019-20 season. Yeah, 19-20 yeah. season. That season being Barnes' like contract year, it will be Luca's second year. How does that affect Dallas in wanting to bring Barnes back, or even if they like? like there's a lot of with that like if you think because in a perfect world i think if you have a dennis if you have a a ball handling guard like dennis that doesn't really excel you know great defensively and then you have luka at the 3 you would probably want like a west really good defender at at the 2 spot and then you're really playing with it is so that's i think that's a subtle thing of if dallas lands luka how does that affect their relationship and their contract stuff with Harrison over the next couple of years
0: Looking ahead way too far that's what we do here on Locked on Maps
1: That's not that too far
0: No well, it's 2 years and and assuming that we get had Luka Doncic on the team
1: Yeah well I, that's what I'm <laughs> saying if if they get Luka yeah. that's that that would be the thing And yes. the roster impact I think if you get Luka you really do need to target another defender, another wing yeah. defender. Or
0: yeah, for sure. Uh, second round pick pairing with Luca. Uh, this is kind of an interesting. One, I feel like you could still get any of those wing defenders that we've kind of been talking about.
1: Yeah, I mean, I literally just said you need to look at another wing defender. So, any of those guys in the second round. So, any of those, any of those wings. There's really not a scenario in which I would not want a wing in that second round. <laughs>
0: yeah, which. I mean, there are, there are a lot of those, so you could get anybody.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, and like free agency, if you get Luca, really everything's wide open. Yeah, I mean, you could go after any of the fours. You could go after Boogie, you could go after Capella. You could, I mean, you name it, you could go after them for the most part. I mean, really any wing, if any wing becomes a free agent, you can go after them too. You never have enough wings, so it's like, yeah, you get Luca the gates are wide open for free agency see what you can do too.
0: So let's end with this, Isaac. Why should the Mavs take Luka Doncic?
1: I mean, if they just think he's just, this, this, uh, transcendent, really, I think why should, if, why should the Mavs take him? If he's there at five, it's obvious if, which I don't think it is. So why should the Mavericks trade up for Luka Doncic? So, so right. I'll answer that. Um, cause I, just. You just don't see talent like him. You don't see the vision. You don't see just the overall offensive player that Luka could be. And to pair him with Dennis for the next 8 to 10 years would, I mean, that would be a scary duo. It would challenge your front office to build a team around them to make up for their flaws right now. But I think it's a challenge they would love to do to make it happen because we see – these teams that are left in the playoffs that are excelling in the playoffs, these golden States and Houston's different stuff like that. Like you got to be able to score points at a super high clip and Luke would allow you to do that. If they want that second ball handler to Dennis and just, he would, he fits the system perfectly. And, you know, if you want to go even deeper of saying, you know, that we have Dirk here and they think that with, you know, Luca could feed off Dirk, and Dirk could feed into him as far as transitioning to the United States and just everything with that. He, Luka, could see the system and everything that Dallas did for for Dirk, and say, "Man, that that's awesome!" Like they've already did this once for an international sensation. Let's do it again. And yeah, I mean, I, you couldn't you can't say enough about his talent. I mean, I, I'll say this like I mean I know I joked about this a while ago, but he's one for me now and. He, he's past Aiden on my Mavs board. I think he has the least amount of, as much as I've mentioned as, as far as defensive-wise, which is still a weakness, I just think he has the least amount of question marks. And once I did more homework on the secondary ball handler thing and how he needs that and would excel alongside of that, that kind of sold me on those last things. There's still some other things. Like he needs to learn how to block out. Like that, that is a yeah. that, that's a huge thing. And he kind of struggles sometimes to get that separation against super um, stingy defenders that get up in his grill. But it's stuff that I think will iron out. There's no like major, major red flags, and it's not nothing I wouldn't trust Dallas to form a team around for sure. If they can, if Dallas can form a team around Dirk and make Dirk work defensively, you know, for the most part they can do it with Luca I
0: think. In his career, like you're saying in the past, they've been able to do that and figure it
1: out. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: Wow. I can't
1: believe we've made it to the I
0: can't believe we've made it to this point, guys. When when was the first draft board that we did? Like February? January did we do long one in January? It was yeah. long time ago. And guys, we made it. We finally got Isaac I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, guys. Yeah, he's, he's drinking it, guys. He he really is. I um, moved
1: Luka up once.
0: First spot. one we did in was in January, and you had Luka Doncic third behind Bagley and Aiton. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Just a, you had him fourth in February behind Bagley, Porter Jr. and Aiton. Ooh. Yeah. But then you had him second. Then you had him second, and now number one. Wow. I'm just I'm just so proud of us guys.
1: I'm finally getting the, to deep dive more, so the least amount of question marks. Yeah,
0: uh, for me, why the map should take him? Everything you just said. Uh, he can be a transcendent player. You're also looking ahead to next year because if you are having to move up and you're giving up your pick next year, the guys at the top don't intrigue me as much. I mean, you're getting some wings up there. Your RJ Barrett, your Cam Reddishes, um, but they're not to me.
1: Oh, R.J. Barrett's gonna be big time.
0: Yeah, but that—that that, I mean, that's like your number one. You're not—you're assuming the Mavericks yeah. aren't gonna have the number one. They didn't have it this year. <laughs> They're gonna get—you know—team's gonna be better. So, uh, man, to move up for him, you're you're saying, all right. Another reason why to, to to move up for him to try to take him is like if if Mark Cuban is for real, he wants this rebuild to end now. If he wants this team to be to be set to have your guys to start growing and moving forward with your group to start, you know. Uh, building around this group do it now get this guy bring him in he can be incredible pairing him with Dennis could be you know a dynamic backcourt that we've never seen before Uh, and maybe we've seen it here there that I just can't remember but uh, two guys that are just so skilled and in such different areas (laughs) that can attack a defense in just all these different ways Dennis with the the straight line speed uh, with you know beating somebody off the dribble, and then Luca with his craftiness and his you know ability to get shots off in different ways, uh, Luca being able to move without the ball, Dennis being able, with his passing ability, just those two guys together. If you think that pairing, and, and I do think that pairing would be so incredible, and then you could also still have your cap space available to find you know a player that can help um, with them and build with them. If you could get like man, if you could get Dennis. Luca Barnes Capella, you know if that if you could figure out a way to get that, which would be so hard. The only way I see that happening is if the the Rockets got like LeBron or somebody, yeah. <laughs> you know, something something crazy like that happens. Then, man, like you're that's a intense core for the next you know five ten years.
1: Yeah, and that's something to keep in mind too. Is if they do give up something to move up to get Luca to move up to that two or three spot, that would Immediately signal, holy crap! Something big's about to come in free agency, yeah. and they're about to throw some massive money at a uh, max contract at Boogie, or yeah. you know, or throw some just crazy money at some, you know, some big free or some free agent stuff like that. Because then you know your pick won't be there next year if that's assuming that's part of the deal. So then you're just like, hey, let's go all in. Let's on it swing now, for so.
0: it. Let's try yeah. it. And by the time that that free agent's contract is over, those those you know <laughs> the Mavs rookies will be like you know up up for their contracts and things like that. So there's there's this is the time to swing. You know, at that point, yeah. um, why the Mavs shouldn't take him is is difficult. Uh, man, I can't really think I'm, of a lot of reasons they shouldn't take him. If, if he falls, ob- if he falls, obviously there's there's no reason
1: why they shouldn't take. Yeah, him. Yeah, I would just say. If you are, for a couple different reasons, are you, if you're not sold on the fit with Dennis, because Dennis is obviously your biggest young cornerstone building block, if you're really concerned with that, especially on the defensive end, of saying, man, these are two players right here we would have to try to make up for on the defensive end. And two, you're just not, you know, the defensive questions are there, but... Is will he be able to reach the offensive level of James Harden, to where it would kind of negate those defensive weaknesses? And if you're not, you know, that's the th- that's the thing of because he's not he's not Harden yet. We're not saying that. We're just saying that we could see the potential to be an offensive player like Harden. Yeah, he has
0: so, some Harden qualities.
1: So yeah, some Harden qualities. So if like if you're not sold that he can hit that level or near that Harden level then I could see the question marks of saying, man, I don't think, I don't know if the roster building and the defensive questions is worth, is worth it. If we're not sold that he will be an elite MVP level offensive player. And if you're not on that board, then it's not worth giving up future aspect or future assets for whenever you can still get somebody like a Bagley, Bomba Jackson or whoever at five. I think that,
0: you t- if you have questions about Luka and Dennis, you still take Luka and then you find something to do with Dennis. I <laughs> just think that he's just, that Luka is just such a good player that I would rather build a team around him, maybe get an asset or get somebody for Dennis, um, then be too worried about that and then just balk at the idea of bringing on Luka Doncic. Hmm. just think that he's such uh, that level of player. He's, his ceiling is way higher than Dennis's.
1: Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. yeah.
0: Good. I'm glad that you could see that because this is very true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's Luka Doncic. That's a draft profile for him. That's why the Mavs should take him, why they shouldn't take him. Uh, let us know. You can tweet us at Lockdown Mavs. You can tweet me at Nick Van You can tweet Isaac at Isaac L. Harris. Uh, like I said, I have a piece up from Mavs Moneyball how DeAndre Ayton, Doncic, and Bagley, they, how. One of those three could end up on the Mavericks different scenarios uh, with the Mavs moving up with the Mavs staying where they are. Um, so go check that out. And Isaac, what you got?
1: Just got stuff with the Mavs working on Mavs game. I'm working on a, a, a larger piece on the Mavericks that I think a lot of um, fans will really enjoy. And, and I, I am enjoying it a lot and talking to some cool people and, yeah, I don't. I have no clue when it will come out. It's taken me a while to work on and to talk to the right people, but I think when it's all said and done, that Mavs, a lot of Mavs fans will really enjoy it.
0: There you go. That's Luka Doncic. Also, I want to give a shout out to Tim Kato, moving to the Athletic. Uh, shout out to him. He was Timmy uh, boy. He was a. Uh, he's the reason why I'm on Mavs Moneyball. He, I guess, I say recruited me. He really just like said, "You're on Mavs Moneyball now," and then I was like, <laughs>
1: "Yeah." <laughs> it's like, now you are. In hey, he's head, gonna live so. that beat rider life, man. That's yep. whew, that's a grind right there. So, but we'll have him, off.
0: we'll have him on the pod for sure.
1: Hats off to you guys to run the beat rider life.
0: Yeah, that's we're
1: we are not there. That's for sure. We are. We get to enjoy enjoy step back and coast. And enjoy the podcasting. <laughs> Coasting <After James laughs> life.
0: Coasting for sure. All
1: right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to Locked On Maps. Peace out. Boom.